What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, where our motto is, we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 306, broken up into two parts, A and B. A, B. 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 Thank you, gentlemen. 306A, posting on 1129, will be a discussion on The Menu. And 306B, posting on 12.2, we're already into December this week, will be a discussion on The Very Strange and Oddly Entertaining Spirited from Apple TV. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson, the Grayson Maxwell. Joining me as he does every week is my co-host, Roger, the Roger Stillian, and my lovely permanent guest, Chris, the Chris Bond. Now, what I mean by that is, Chris, you didn't see the menu. So, I did not. So, yeah, so that doesn't make any sense to me. Just a little, just a little, so one one chef on the menu kills himself, and he calls himself the mess, but that's his meal. Meat, potatoes, everything just jumbled on a plate. So what, what would your, what would your... What would the crispy like your meal that you create? I guess that's what I'm asking. Out of myself, this is morbid all of a sudden. Well, that movie is very morbid and very weird. Gotcha. Um, I would serve my fingers and toes as little delicious. No, 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 no. I mean, like, what, like, we talking ham steak? What are we? I mean, what, 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 what are we talking about? I stand by what I said. Fingers and toes. Yeah, that's gonna be a rough episode. Oh, Holy cow! Bones still in. Roger, what's the Roger? Slow roasted human baby. <laughs> wow. Slow roasted human baby. It just goes all dark. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I could hear the smile in your I could hear the smile. Oh my goodness. What would the I don't Grayson know what you're be? talking about? What would the Grayson be? The Grayson would probably be some kind of meat, scalloped potatoes, uh, maybe some and some spaghetti all on the same plate. Wow, what? scalloped potatoes and spaghetti? That's such a I weird know. combination. Now who's disgusting? <laughs> um, I, I'm sure. That's fine. That's fine. What's going on this week, guys? How are you, Chris? You're sick, I hear. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm bringing the a strong B game today, and I don't even feel bad about it. It's been it's it's been a pandemic in my house for the last week. So everybody's we sick. Everybody grumpy. Holidays happened. That one didn't make anything better. So yeah, here we are. How's everyone's Thanksgiving? What'd you guys eat? Anything anything of note? Uh, I deep fried another turkey. Congratulations for making it out. Fifth or sixth year in a row, rolling right along. Good, good stuff. That's uh, I haven't had a deep fried turkey. I've had a brine turkey, which was fantastic. Yeah, they should always be brined, however you bake them or roast yeah. them or whatever. It's but, fantastic. Yeah. I too have never had a deep fried turkey, Grayson. No, I have to nope. make one. Dude, I've never. I agree. Had one Invite me over. I don't know about all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also fighting off a cold, uh, if you can tell. I don't know what happened. Just today was just I just got a cold today, and I can't. I, I can tell it's starting, but tomorrow I have a full day of flights. Got to go to New York, sign paperwork, and then fly back to Atlanta. Stupidest thing, but got to keep the unions happy. Ooh. That cracks me up every time you have to do that. Well, you know, it's so when I did that in the peak pandemic in like 2020. Don't you fucking people know what DocuSign is? Yeah, you well, can't just e-sign that shit. <laughs> well, what's funny, so during during the pandemic, like the peak of it, like when lockdown, when I went to that show in North Carolina, I had to fly to LAX, meet somebody in the terminal, sign a piece of paper, and then immediately get back on a plane and fly back to Wilmington, North Carolina. Isn't that strange? Yeah. Because I had to sign it legally in Los Angeles County or wherever the airport is, like inside the certain jurisdiction of Los Angeles to get the benefits. That's nuts. Isn't that strange? It's just strange. Yeah. Like it's an old custom that like they haven't 
updated. So it's just strange. Whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll take the free flights. I will take I was gonna say, yeah, I mean, you're not paying. It's not coming out of your pocket, right? Just your nope. time. Hell no. And I get the miles on my Delta app. So, hey. Hell yeah. What else is going on, guys? Anything else? Hmm. Let's see. It was Thanksgiving. It was... What else? I don't know. I drank all afternoon yesterday. Yes. That was nice. You are, you still, are you still recovering from that? No, man. I don't know how to do that. Pace that out over a whole <laughs> afternoon, starting at like noon, going to like eight or nine o'clock, you know, eating pizza and had a bunch of people over to my house. It was nice. Wow. Watching sports ball. What do you, what were you watching? Foot, the, the football? Did they put the ball, the ball in the, in, in the hockey net? Yes. Good, good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yes. What what what, what game did you watch specifically? I saw several games were on. Mm, well, I so I was watching college football to start, or I watched I watched sports all day, starting with the World Cup in the early morning, and watched college football and then hockey to end the evening, and when I played some Fortnite, you know, living the best life at forty. There you go. There you go. Chris, you watch any sports? I uh, didn't watch any sports uh, this weekend. And I watched something. I won, and I was excited to talk about it, but I can't remember what it is now. But um, I did watch more Dragon Ball Z and Naruto oh. with the youngin. So we have the Frieza saga is all but over at this point. So we're going to move into into the Android saga. Super excited. There you go. Good times. I did, as promised, watch Pig, and it's it's a it's a special movie. It's it's really one that I'm going to dive into again. Special specials in slow or specials in good. Good, very good. There we go. Okay. Pig is a Pig is a pretty fantastic movie. One that I'm sorry that we over, that we passed over, but I maybe mean, in a special we episode you didn't pass it over. Someone did. Though. I I did. Was it me? You passed? Oh, just other things were probably out at the time. <laughs> probably. Um, but yeah, so that's that. That happened. I watched a ton of Netflix documentaries because their documentaries are great. I did not watch Pepsi. Where's my plane? Though I'm saving that one for. So I started that. I'm not done with it yet. It's four. 40 minute episodes i've watched the first three so it's how i mean did it grab you it's like are you in it's, and just watching it's you pretty wild it? and one wait till you watch it and we'll talk about it but there's somebody that reminds me of somebody from tiger king and i assure you you'll make that connection immediately <laughs> good i would have it no other way I, I have seen that one. that one's remained pretty high on the netflix uh watch list as far as like what people are watching for several days now so I did, people are definitely enjoying that one. I did watch a bunch of docu-series about um, World War II. I watched one of them called Hitler, A Career, and I watched one about his inner circle. And Interesting. I've always been fascinated by World War II, specifically Germany and the Third Reich, and how all those people kind of come to power and how they stay in power. Um, it's really interesting, though, how, the, how all the... All the dominoes kind of fell in the right place for everything to happen the way that the, the way that it did. I just find that fascinating, but it is certainly an interesting story. And Chris, I I know you're a big World War II guy, also. Oh yeah, it, so. it's it's one of those things where like you know, you know, the stars can align in the best ways for people, but they can also align in the worst ways. So there's Indeed. there's definitely you know like an opposite end of that spectrum in all in all senses. So sometimes it just it all lines up bad, man. I actually didn't do a whole lot this week besides Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I kind of like just laid around a lot and just did me for a while. I, you know, wasn't feeling great. And I've been, it was nice to be home from with my parents for, for a little while now before I head out again. But yeah, so the week is over and tomorrow is Monday. A lot of people return to work after several days off and it's like, whoa, it's rough. It is definitely going to be rough. So let's yes, get into that's it. That's called depression. 
<laughs> okay, sadness. What is going on today? My goodness. All right, this is I, episode. I return from vacation tomorrow, and it's making me sad. Yeah, I get that. Yep. 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 Everyone listening, if you come back from a several day vacation, I, I can assume you would also be very sad as That's well. That's right. I will be their champion. Their champion. Good. All right, this is episode 306 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema was posted each and every Tuesday and Friday at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office, current, and upcoming releases, what streaming trailers, and movies of the week. Without further ado, the box office, and as predicted, Black Panther still swept over the land with another $45.9 million earned. Bringing its worldwide to six seventy five, not too shabby, but not not going to break the, the the billion dollar mark. I don't think there's any chance of that happening. Probably not, but, but that's still a nice chunk of money. It's still very respectable. Seeing how the I'm sure the budget was somewhere north of one fifty, around two hundred. I'm willing to guess somewhere in that in that range. All right, number two, Strange World, eleven point nine million, bringing in a worldwide of twenty seven point eight. Not a great start for a Disney film, but not a terrible one either. Wait, is that that was, that was Disney, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. There you go. Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery released theatrically for a very short time, brought in what was that? Domestically, nine point four million. So worldwide, it has brought in thirteen point two. It's not too terrible. That one will go to Netflix in December. Number four, Devotion, six million, bringing in a worldwide of nine million. That's not great for that one. I expected the, that to be more. I would I have thought so. Uh, I would have thought this weekend would have been a bigger intake overall, but I guess we were wrong. The menu, number five, 5.2 million, bringing in a worldwide of 33.4. I'm surprised that's doing better than Devotion. That's a that's a tough movie to sell. We, we were going to talk about that one today, but I can't imagine someone looking at both those posters and being like, you know what, I want to check out the menu. That's what I want to check out. Not the cool war film, but the menu. Other movies of note, Black Adam is still up there in the top 10 is number 6. The Fablemans is number 7, debuting at number 7 on the first official weekend out. My goodness. Ticket to Paradise is still at number 9. Worldwide take of 161. That's man, they got to be they got to be happy with that. The Chosen still strong at number 10, bringing a worldwide of 13.5. That couldn't have been much to make though. So there you go. There's your box office. Not a lot of surprises there. I I, I didn't expect much upheaval this week. I don't think you guys did either. Good word, upheaval, by the way. It's like one of my favorite words. Top three. Let's talk about some upcoming releases for the rest of the year. This past Wednesday, which was Thanksgiving week, brought us Bones and All Went Wider, Devotion, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery, Strange World went theatrical, and The Favelmans also went wider. Still not doing great, though. Friday, December 2nd, which is this coming Friday, days away from recording of this episode, Violent Night. Then we have on December 9th, Empire yes. of Light, Fathers 2 Reborn, why? Spoiler Alert Goes Wider, and The Whale. Then we have December 16th, a big week, Avatar, The Way of Water. Never why, heard of it. I hope that's a big week. I certainly hope so. November, sorry, December 21st, which is a Wednesday, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. And then December 23rd, which is a Friday, Babylon, Glass Onion, and Knives Out Mystery goes to Netflix. And I Want to Dance with Somebody. And whatever Sunday, Christmas Day, December 25th, nothing theatrically big is released. So I Want to Dance with Somebody must have moved, or Babylon, one of those two must have moved. 
something just left Christmas. I don't know what it was, but something was there before and was not there. A Man Called Otto is in theaters, but I don't think it's wide release yet. I don't think we that's going to go wide release until the, the, the new year. We are less than a month away from Christmas, guys. Yes, we are. We're, we're several nice. days less than a month. It happens around this time every year. Wow. Thank you, Roger. Mm-hmm. January, starting off strong. January 6th. Megan, the movie about the doll that <laughs> goes crazy. That fucking creepy robot doll. Nope. Creepy robot doll. True Haunting. Oh, women talking. That what was on Christmas. That goes wider. January 13th. House Party. And a man called Otto goes wide. January 20th. Missing and The Sun. Those two different movies. January 27th. The Distant. Fear. Plane. Shotgun Wedding, which is Amazon Prime. We haven't heard of any of these. Except Shotgun Wedding. I think I've seen something for that one. But that's Shotgun like, Wedding, it. just Wedding Crashers 2. Oh, don't even tease me. Like, don't even tease me. <laughs> So that, that's it. That's boy. That's a yeah. It's going to be a week. See, it's a, it's a catch twenty two. People are wondering where's the strong box office performance for the theater attendance, but where's the where's the things that are pulling people to the theater? So it is a catch twenty two that I think we're going to start talking about more and more of theaters fading into obscurity because no one's going anymore. At least not in the smaller cities. In the bigger cities, it's still quite a quite a packed session, but it, it's it's changing slowly. I remember what else I watched. What's that? I remember I watched uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. For the first time? No, no, no. Like me and my two kids. We watched it because they were sick and we were home without mom on Friday. What do the kids think? I mean, my oldest loves it. My my youngest one, she loves she loves Miles Morales, but like I just can't get her to sit down and watch this movie. But like but we we watched it. The reason why I remembered that that's what the other the other thing that I watched was because of what you just brought about theaters. I spent a good 20 minutes trying to find out where I could watch Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and how to train your dragon on Friday. And there's like no clear like lists anywhere. There's no updated like viewing selection unless you go into that app itself and look, which is a real pain in the ass. So when, and all of it, all that work I did, I still had to rent or buy either of those movies. So I bought Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse for three 99 or whatever it is on Amazon now, whatever. But like, when, when and if theaters, or I guess when theaters finally do close, you know, close down permanently, the selection process and the searching process, the finding process, I think should be curated in some way. Because right now it's just it's just open up your nearest streaming app and hope to God the movie you want to watch is in there. Well, you can you you can you can go to IMDb and it'll tell you where it's streaming. It wasn't updated. Well, so how to when train I your dragon not on Peacock? I don't, that's the only place I didn't look because my Peacock is currently buggy and I don't log into my own Peacock currently. Oh, yeah, I remember. So I don't want to do that. But um, it, it's just one of those things where it's like I should be able to do a Google search and find all these things. E- EMDB was off. EMDB. IMDB was off when I when I did this too because they told me that it was on Hulu and they are and, and not to watch for free. They're on there to buy. So it's just it's just one of those things where it's like something to show you like where these films are and so besides having to dive into each of these apps would be much easier for like the people that are trying to use them and consume your media. But that's just my small little gripe. Well, when, it's like, fun. So close down. Netflix always is, was pretty famous for like, there was up until recently, there was a third party website that told you what was coming to Netflix and what was leaving Netflix. Like, you know where that information would have been helpful? Netflix. But yeah. you know, you know where the, you know where it wasn't Netflix. Like it's like, strange how they don't advertise like, Hey, 
this is leaving on this date. Watch it. I mean, Am- or I know HBO does that. Mm-hmm. I know Hulu does that. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll have a whole section like leaving end of this month so you can watch it if you want to watch it. But it's strange that I don't think Netflix does that. Do you guys, maybe I'm wrong about that. Have you guys seen that on Netflix? No, I don't think so. No. It's like, and I'll, I'll, every time you look something up like that, it's never in like a list for it's like in some, it's like buried in some article in like an article form, like where you can, like five places you can watch this movie. And it's like this long, bloated article of like explaining why things aren't everywhere. And then like at the very bottom is like your list of shit you want to watch. It's just super, well, it's just super clunky. One, th- one, one thing I want to say on this, and we'll, we'll move on past it, unless you guys have something to add, but when theaters shut down, you can believe that once theaters have, once AMC throws in the towel, at least in the, in the United States, streaming services are going to skyrocket in price. They're going to go up, 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 up. It's going to be, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be to the point where like, you're going to like, do I want to pay $49.99 for Hulu? It's going to get there quickly I mean, too. It's already there if you do the whole cable thing, but you might be right. I mean, I, I'm not. You're probably right, actually. There's a chance that because like the whole me, the whole mechanics behind what your streaming services bring you don't change, though. It's still like watching whatever streaming content they have in your well, home, right? But I mean, they've all, over the past two or three years, they've almost all of them have almost doubled in price. It's it's it's. I don't like it when they when they say something about starting and then they like oh we're upping the price for two bucks over it. I'm I'm just like. I mean, uh, Netflix raised their price twice in a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Netflix has the—they're the ones that have the have the most approved now. They they had it and they lost it. They were number one, and I don't think they're number one anymore. So you know what movie is on Hulu? Palm Springs. Yeah, damn it, Palm Springs. And I watched it yesterday <laughs> again. That's a good with movie. my friends. That's a good movie. Yeah, it's a damn good movie. I was like, I know he's gonna say Palm Springs, and he said Palm Springs. All right, damn right he did. What's streaming this week? We're taking a look at Amazon. I've chosen one that's actually pretty recent. Ambulance by director Michael Bay, Jake Gyllenhaal, Yuya Abdul-Mateen II, Isaac Gonzalez. That's 2022. Uh, it's no secret I love Michael Bay. I think this is one of the better films he's done in, in, in recent memory. Uh, Ambulance was a surprise for me. I liked how I loved Jake Gyllenhaal in this. I actually loved how this movie played out. And again, it reminds me of old school Michael Bay. It reminds me of the Rock. It reminds me of the first Transformers. It reminds me of the the, the earlier base of even Bad Boys at times. And to me, those are good vibes. Those are the vibes that Bay, you know, built his even Armageddon. Those are kind of the the vibes that Bay built his empire on. So I was okay with it. And I know Roger, you didn't mind it too much. And Chris, you, I think you liked it as well. No, uh, I had no problem with Ambulance. Uh, it is I'm... the movie where Michael Bay discovered drones. Yep. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> he just wanted someone to pay for his drone usage for yep. a couple of months. And Roger, you chose an oldie but a goodie Roadhouse. Uh, fucking right, I chose Roadhouse. With Patrick Swayze. That movie owns. Patrick Swayze, Kelly Lynch, Sam Elliott, Ben Gazzara. Tell us about it. Uh, so Roadhouse came out in 1989, boys. Which, this is one of my favorite movies that is just on TV. I will just watch. Because it legitimately is just Patrick Swayze at, like, some podunk bar in, like, Mississippi. Or, sorry, Missouri. Just kicking the piss out of everybody. And that's awesome. You know, like, why would we want to watch that? Right? Well, Patrick Swayze in, in itself is an interesting study for someone looking to get into... Uh, uh, an, an actor study of someone, you know, the rise and fall of someone. It, he's, you can literally follow a graph on Patrick Swayze of when he was the biggest and the lowest, and 
it's it's all it's a very interesting study. But Chris, what's your what's your uh, interest in or what's your experience with Roadhouse? Well, so the most experience I have with Roadhouse is a Ron White skit where he talks about Roadhouse and Patrick Swayze hitting hit another guy. But other than that, I mean, I've seen the movie. It's it's pretty good. It's it's a good brawl in time. I watched it once with my grandfather when I was really young. I haven't seen it since. It was like I don't think I was like seven or eight at the time. But yeah, I mean, I like I like Patrick Swayze. Uh, I mean. He was in a uh, ghost, if I yep. if I recall correctly. I like ghost, ghost. is on TV today. It, was it? Dang it I, was. I like that one actually. And then another one where uh, where he's got a collar on his neck that explodes. He's a prisoner. That's got Patrick Swayze in it too, right? I think it does. I don't know. That's a good one too. Underrated nineties movies with Patrick Swayze in it though. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, what about uh, Red Dawn? <laughs> a little gem there. The yeah. first the first PG thirteen rated movie. I think the Red Dawn was. I could be wrong about that, but I think that was the first PG thirteen rated rated film rated movie. Dirty uh, Dancing is is my wife's like. Oh, there you I, go. In her all time favorite film, so I've seen it. Of Patrick Swayze. If you bring up a if you bring up Patrick Swayze, um, most like romantic will tell you you know Dirty Dancing and Ghost are the two mm-hmm. that people really kind of cling to. But it's a good choice, Roger and Chris. You chose one that you not only introduced to me and Roger, but we loved on this podcast, and it, it is a damn ten. The Vast of Night by director Andrew Patterson, Sierra McCormick, Bruce Davis. 2019, tell us a little bit about it. The Vast of Night, a movie where Michael Bay watched it and took way too much liking to drones and used them in his next movie, Ambulance, because that's where we get to see some cool-ass drone shots and done like once or twice and done really well was in Vast of Night. This movie has a $700,000 budget or like it's something underneath a million, if I remember correctly. 750, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. So like they're under a million dollars in budget and this movie took every penny of that budget and put it to work and they did a fantastic job. This is about uh, two, it's like two kids, two, two young adults uh, in search of like, like this mysterious frequency they pick up, you know, like from the an old school radio wave. And um, one of them works in like a, an old operator switchboard room. And this, this little mystery journey they go on is it's, it's so enthralling this. And it's like a hard, this movie is not that it's not terribly long. And every second of on-screen time is used wonderfully, and it's just it's just a smart movie, and it's it's a lot of fun. And for the budget that was behind it and the talent they got for it, this is this movie you get your mileage out of. It. It's really good. I like this one. It's a fun movie yep. to watch. There you go. I mean, it's I I, I agree. The Vast Night's a hell of a movie. It's it's a it's a study on what you can do with a small budget and still make an exemplary film. It's. It's one of those movies. It, it, it actually it puts filmmakers like Michael Bay and Chris Ronald. It really does put them to shame a little bit because like they need these you know hundred and fifty million dollar budgets to tell a story. This guy needs less than a million bucks to tell a very effective, cohesive story. He need like eighty six cents. <laughs> and, and 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 like a car, like a, a car with a camera rigged to it for two days. That's all. That's all we needed. All right, let's uh, talk about guys, some trailers. We have to film this movie in sixteen hours. Let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> All right, guys, trailer number one, the last trailer for this movie, and I keep pushing it, Avatar The Way of Water. Now that we've seen an actual story trailer or two, what are, what are we thinking? Are we still kind of on the, eh, go either way right. camp? Or? Serious question. Can they breathe underwater? I think so. If you're okay. watching the trailer, I think so. I mean, they're <laughs> bored underwater. So, another, so I've watched the trailer a few times, and like old like the trailers from like early 2000s, you can tell the trailer is depicting a couple of scenes. There's there's two fights here that are being depicted. And I wonder if they've just shown us the outcome of both battles. Which, Maybe. 
I, I don't care if they have. It's you know what James Cameron. I mean, I, and I bet you Cameron cut this trailer. I, w- I would imagine he this trailer did not get out without his approval. And one thing I will say is they've been really tight lipped on Avatar. I haven't seen much leakage. Most movies have pretty big leaks that go out, but I haven't really seen anything with this one. I don't know. So like, here's my concern with this movie after this trailer. It, it, you know, it's obvious what the story is, right? Like a group of what, what are these people called? Avatars. The Navi. The Navi. The Navi. Like. There's a group of Navi that are from the forest and they lose their home and they are outsiders in another group of Navi that do things differently and they're seen as outcasts and then they're going to do things that make them not outcasts anymore and then they're going to fight the enemy that comes and try to save the day with them because now they're a part of them. Well, just, I mean, this would have been the sequel to Pocahontas had there ever been any kind of a sequel to that story. Yeah, but you so know. like, I mean, it's just a very cut and dry, we've seen this story before, lazy writing. But it's got really, really fancy looking blue people on screen instead. So we'll see if the movie's captivating and we'll see if it's any good and we'll see if anyone cares 15 years later. Is what it comes I also, down because, so because I also, no one's showing up for the story. Well, I mean, it depends. If you like, a lot of people really liked Pandora. A lot of people really liked that story from the first one. They really kind of got into it and saw it like six, seven times. Yeah, well, because a lot of people really like Pocahontas. True. Well, but it's the same. I mean, look, if it's something I need to, I guess. I listened to the episode last week. I don't. I mean, I was a little. I was a little rough on She-Hulk. <laughs> I need to maybe. You know, look. If you like She-Hulk, fine. That's there's nothing wrong with that. You you enjoy content. It's the same thing here. Is I was disappointed with what we got in Avatar because with James Cameron, I'm used to getting storytelling behemoths, movies that are second to nothing. And like, yes, that is James Cameron. We just didn't with Avatar. It was a different kind of Marvel. It was a technical Marvel over a cinematic, over like a cinematic story Marvel. And I get that. And the story was still somewhat cohesive with the beats in the right place, the emotion there. You know, a good, a good, good sweeping epic score um, by 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 Horner, who is no longer with us. So I wonder who's taking over that mantle with interesting characters. Uh, but it's I I think ultimately it didn't deliver on what Cameron is used to delivering. So that's where I'm going is I just hope, I mean, look, Cameron's the king of sequels. So if there's one to measure Avatar by, it's this one. So we'll see in, 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 a, few, in a few weeks. We'll see. What about you, How sad are you going to be? Dad? I don't think it will be. But obviously, I mean, I'll be, didn't answer the question. I'll, be, I'll be pretty upset. I'll be pretty, I'll be pretty mad if it, if it doesn't live up to what I have in my mind. Ooh. And I don't do this very often because, again – there aren't many directors alive that have given up. I mean, you take Aliens, Terminator, and Terminator 2. Those are three – I mean, those are tens, man. There are not many directors alive that have three movies that even come close to the quality of those movies. A- am I wrong about that? As I've far as the quality of, of – Oh, great. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Always a jokester. Um, I'm just – I, I want to <laughs> be in love with him. I do. Are you I, I, I hope me or James Cameron? All right, James what, Cameron. What else comes oh, out the same week as nothing. Avatar Two? Nothing. It, it's by itself. Hmm. Right. Why did, did you would you want to watch the, whatever rom com came out with it instead of Avatar Two? Well, I was going to say, it, it, isn't it going to be a funny thing when another movie makes more money than it? No, the even, that, is, that is not going to happen. <laughs> there is no way something beats Avatar Week One. I'm. <laughs> I will, I will bet infinity billion dollars on that. <laughs> so Maddie's sputtering. <laughs> 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 
You know when you're like, no. you know, when you're like eight years old on the schoolyard, and you're making you're making bets with your with your buddies, and you say you say the number infinity. That's how you know Grayson's worked up when he uses when he uses that as a numerical value. Well, I, I I I can't. <laughs> the only thing that's going to the only thing that's going to stop this movie from dominating is the fact that people. Well, I'm not, I don't mean to sound as egotistical as this is going to sound towards Cameron, but like those people that watched Avatar and go, eh, I'm over it. Trust me, you're the one who's missing, not not Avatar. I mean, you're the one who's – whatever you're doing in life is not nearly as important as what James Cameron has put out. Trust me on that. All so, right. <laughs> I mean, look, that, that's a big thing, but there are a few directors I say that about. Cameron, until, maybe Nolan. Until I make a movie, James Cameron is only – one step ahead of me in movie that's making. look that's true that's, that's true. very true but so yeah i'm really excited for avatar way of water i just want it to be i just want it to be good i don't care about it making a whole bunch of money i just want it to be good well, that's, that's that? a fair thing though it doesn't have to be a billion dollar yeah. movie as well, long no. as it's a very Hold good on. sequel you say it doesn't have to be a billion dollar movie but didn't they say it has to make two billion dollars oh okay time? okay that's kind of ambush journalism because that person when i so i post that in in our group text and yeah. i said this isn't the way it works but so yes, the 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 article that I posted, I I, I can throw up on social media. I may do that. Says the movie has to be number five of all time grossing films to even turn a profit. What that what that person doesn't understand, the article is incredibly biased against James Cameron. First of all, I don't like that kind of journalism because journalism shouldn't be, you shouldn't go in with a side. Honest journalism should be you report the facts and that's it. But so. The cost of everything is amortized over these next four films, so yeah. it doesn't have to make that money. It's the no, the one the one billion dollar cost is mm. is broken up into four of them. So I mean that's just how it goes. It doesn't have to be the the fifth grossing movie of all time to turn a profit. That's just incorrect. So that's why I was so mad about that article. Is it just wasn't right. So sorry, I get off. My, I'm gonna get off my soapbox now. <laughs> all right, let's talk about another one inside with Willem Dafoe. Willem, Willem Dafoe doing Willem Dafoe things. Being alone and being weird. Who's shocked yeah. by this? <laughs> Sounds like... So this is just an extended scene from uh, from Vikings movie, right? Yeah, yes, yes, please. Yeah, where he's just someplace else wearing weird clothes, doing weird things, weird drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. So I'm gonna re- trying to steal art, locked yeah. in a box, baby. I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna read. Yes, you just said what the trailer shows us. However, the IMDb description: Nemo. A high-end art thief is trapped in a New York penthouse. Yeah, is. is trapped in a New York penthouse after the heist doesn't go as planned. Locked inside with nothing but priceless pieces, priceless works of art, he must use all his cunning and invention to survive. First of all, what's he surviving? That's what I want to know. Why can't he just sit there? He can't leave. There's no food. There's no water, and it's getting hot in that box. That's why. Who lives in this? Who lives in this prison? Nobody. I want to know how this was designed. Was this a, was this the Spencer Mansion from Resident Evil, where you have to you have to put keys in walls to open doors and come imagine, on? Imagine imagine you're you're a, a snotty nosed art collector that has a lot of money, but not a ton of money, where you'd want to throw it all away. Is this you have Escape a, Room and, Three? And you have a summer home that you don't you only live in for a month out of the year, and you turn the water off every year, and the and your electric runs to keep your your art cool or heated or whatever it is. So there's no food there. There's no water there. There's no running water. There's electricity. There's a fish tank though. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Cause electricity is running. I don't know. It's, it's, that's why he's like dying in there or something. Yeah, no, it, it's, it, it seems a little weird, but look, Willem Dafoe has certainly earned our, 
are viewing without any kind of hesitation. So I will definitely give that a watch with great anticipation. Let's talk about another one. White Noise with Adam Driver, Greta Gerwig, and Dawn Cheadle. Boys, what are we thinking? What What is this? <laughs> I don't know what this is, but... Is this, is this a comedy here? This, this is going to be one of these movies where all three of us watch it. Grayson loves it. You're you're okay with it, and I don't understand what happened. I hate my life for two hours and ten minutes. First of all, first of all, I don't. I I okay. So is this a comedy? It's a comedy. I would imagine. Okay, so IMDb is calling it a comedy drama horror. Wow. So again, we're getting into the millennial lazy of just I'll throw all the titles out there. But okay, dramatizes a contemporary American family's attempt to deal with the mundane conflicts of everyday life while grappling with the universal mysteries of love, death, and the possibility of happiness in an uncertain world. First of mm. all, it takes – I hate when people write things like this because that makes no sense to anyone. You really have to like break it down in chunks to read what that. What does but that mean? That's, that's, but the same guy wrote it, also directed it. Now, those are weird because that's one guy's vision that's been in his head for however long he is but it's in his head. So, I mean, it, it could be great. It could not be great, but it's got a good cast. Adam Driver, Greta Gerwig, and Don Cheadle, all excellent. So we'll see when it comes out. But it, comedy, drama, horror, I don't think are the is the best combination of things to put together. But that's just me. Could be, but what do you guys think? One, one last thought on it before we move, move on. I guess we'll find out when we watch it. I can't wait to hate this movie. Well, it's a Netflix film, so there's no... It will definitely be available. Two hours and sixty-five. Two hours and forty-five minutes long. Is it really? I don't know. Oh yeah, that seems like some shit Netflix would do. <laughs> it doesn't do. All right, gentlemen, let's take a look at the movie of the week. Now, Chris, I understand you did not have time to get to this one. Not. No worries. Stay there and chime in when you feel comfortable. Roger, let's tackle this one for a little bit, shall we? Yes, sir. So this is the menu. Rotten Tomatoes. Menu, tomato meter, 89%, 8.9. Audience score, 77. So 89 out of 100 gave it more than 51. 77 gave it more than 51. Okay. Not bad. No, I can deal with that. So let's look at some particulars, though. Because this movie is, is strange, but I think it's strange in a good way. But let's talk about sure. it. So Ralph Fiennes as Chef Slowick, Anna Taylor-Joy as Margot, Nicholas Holt as Tyler, Hong Chow as Elsa, Janet McTeer as Lillian Bloom, Judith Light as Anne, John Leguizamo as the movie star, Rob Yang as Bryce, Mark St. Sarah as Dave, Reed Bernie as Richard, Amy Serrero as Felicity, and Arturo Castro as Soren, directed by Mark Mylid. Roger, what does, what's this one about? So this is about a private dinner experience at a very high-end uh, restaurant that's on an isolated island by itself. Um, and this group of people that's there um, come to a dinner that they're never going to forget. How's that? The that last dinner they'll never forget. Yes, it is. And I, So these people, they have to take a ferry to the island to get this experience. Mm-hmm. And I did the math. They're all paying, what, twelve fifty a night? $1,250 a plate. So that's $15,000 a night. Don't most restaurants make more than that? Yeah, but not when they only serve 15 people. Yeah, well, I, I just put it in for, tw- I think it was what, around 12 people-ish was in the dining room? Maybe a little less. I don't know. 
But it just seems strange that that's uh, it doesn't seem like a lot of money if you're looking at trying to make an exclusive restaurant for 15 people a night. It's and they can only do one round a night. You can't do multiple rounds. So that that's what makes it weird for me is just doing the math and he has looks like he has another what uh, another 12 employees behind the wall cooking and himself and it's just not a lot of money to go around. Was was well, 15 say. grand a night's a nice haul when you only have that small of a pool. Yeah, sure, sure. But let's get into it. Let's talk about Voldemort himself. Hmm. <laughs> Fines. He there's no no one's gonna deny you that he's the pull for this, Ralph Fines. I would hear an argument for Anya Taylor Joy as the reason to watch this, but I think he's clearly the more interesting of the two. Of the, of the two, they're gonna go head to head here. Roger, do you do you also agree that he's he's the more interesting one? Um, probably, but she's a pretty big draw now. So, and I think that they uh, their scenes together, they go toe to toe with each other pretty well. She's pretty darn good. Oh no, they're all pretty darn good in what in this. I didn't really know what to expect going into this. I I I'd seen the trailer once or twice. I think they kind of misrepresented the movie in the trailer. That I think they made it look a little different than it actually was. I think this is also like what a, a dark comedy, a black comedy, something like that. Yep. It's it's very very strange. So to set the scene, twelve people of the thereabouts have come to a very exclusive restaurant from a ferry, and they're gonna they're they're here for the experience. Mm-hmm. And you have a you have a, you have a movie actor, you have a, a food critic, you have three guys who are there for another reason. You have some you have all kinds of people who are there for their own reasons. And of course, the reasons unfold as the movie goes forward. Only most of them, not not all of them, most. And so this is where I kind of have a problem with movies, if nothing else, always should attempt to capture the real the real actions of people in the situation. Okay. And you don't think that that happens in this movie? Okay. Well, let me – okay. Put yourself there. Put, okay. Put you and your wife there. You're at one of the tables, not at the table with, with the three guys who are okay. somewhere who are somewhere in their late 20s, early 30s. Let me just – so the first thing goes down. Mm-hmm. One of the kitchen staff for one of the course meals, he shoots himself in the head to introduce. No, that's not really the first thing that goes. Well, down. no, no, but I'm just telling you the setting the scenario when that's okay. when they realize that this is okay. This is no longer performance. Something is wrong here. <laughs> you look around and what do you, you look at? I mean, you look at the three most ablest guys. You look around. And say, All right, we need to get out of here right the hell now. I'm fighting anyone who comes near me, and if we don't, we're going to die. So we, they don't – I don't want to hear the argument that they show you with the old guy why they can't do that because I, I'm not t- – I mean I'm not taken by that as an excuse. I'm, I'm just not. But that's well, just he does, he does bring that up in his final monologue that you guys didn't even really try to escape. Well, that's the answer to my question is – but it's not addressed till later. But still, they don't, and they're given the chance to try, and they're all brought back. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's a strange. But let's so let's go back further. So what are we what are we going into this movie with? What what are we? Obviously, if you're in food service, it's going to mean something more to you because you know you've been you know this is a food service kind of movie. Sure, it's, this is high end kitchen stuff, man. But it's but it's what it's saying something about. That's the whole thing in this movie. Saying something about this experience they're having, you know, they're definitely saying something about it. Especially the way that the one character that walks away. What that character has is kind of a lowbrow meal. It's a very mm-hmm. inexpensive, very you can get it pretty much anywhere. 
meal. It looked delicious, though. Oh, it, it sure the hell did. Especially when 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 Chef is making it. Oh my goodness, he looked very happy making it too. He did. So these, the staff on this island, the the additional the the junior chefs, the, the, did they seem brainwashed to you? Yeah, I mean they're all part of that whole live by the the knife chef thing. That's how high end restaurateurs restaurant people are though it's like a, almost like an army like military precision that's how they do that so. interesting i saw that because every time you ask a question they would respond with yes chef but that's how you'd respond to like a drill sergeant also it's mm-hmm. like yes sergeant i do lo- i do love to watch like food movies like uh it's the movie burnt with uh bradley cooper oh right yes yes, yes. they're all they're all like that where they run a really high-end kitchen so, I mean, they're they're interesting. We can't forget about we can't forget about waiting. I'm I'm, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I'm not. That movie's <laughs> that movie's hilarious, and anyone who's ever served will tell you that movie's pretty accurate too. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's a whole different story. But let's talk more about this one. Is would you experience? Would you pay twelve hundred and fifty dollars to to experience this night, Roger? So for you, I mean, for, up until the end, sure. So, so for you and your wife, it's twenty five hundred bucks for one meal. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with it till like the ending part. You'd really pay twenty five hundred bucks for one meal one evening. I mean, yeah, sure, if I could. Wow, All I right. mean, like, I don't have that kind of money laying around, but yeah, you know, there's there's no reason if I didn't have the means to do it that I wouldn't like to do something like that, right? Sure, I mean, it's it sounds like an interesting thing that you can't. I mean, do I have vacations that cost less than that, so yeah, it's true. Chris, what, what what about you? Would you pay twenty five hundred bucks for you and the wife to have one meal? I mean, kind of in the same vein as what Roger's saying. I mean, if I got the money to do that, why why would I want to do that for you know, for you know my my wife and stuff like that? If I can get yeah, you know a awesome. real nice meal, yeah. My wife probably hate the fucking food though. <laughs> yeah, so that, that so okay. I mean, I have something on this real quick. Me and my wife, uh, one of our first vacations, we went to St. Louis because I'm a St. Louis fan, and. Um, Went to a football game and then went to a really nice steak restaurant. Like, really nice. Like, I felt... I grew up poor, like, super poor. And mm-hmm. I never had a nice steak before. And I felt super out of place in this in this establishment that was, like, at the okay. very top of this building. And um, paid a lot of money for this dinner. Like, my wife went all out. And uh, it was mediocre at best. Like, I remember <laughs> thinking, like, I, I, I can make a steak better than this. <laughs> Wow. So like the whole Chris went all the way to St. Louis to go to Ponderosa. That's nice. I mean, that's what it felt like. So like <laughs> I can see where like you're paying for the experience of something like this, but at the same time, if the experience doesn't wow you, the food has to because otherwise right. you're just paying a lot of money for food that you know you get anywhere else. No, I mean I I understand that. I definitely yeah. do. I can't say I would, but then again, you're right. I mean, I guess I'm not factoring in. It's the experience that you're really kind of paying for and the theatricality of it all. Which, before tonight, for the people who have been there more than once, which at least one couple was. 11 has, times. Has been a theatrical thing every time. It's been like a, it's an experience, a show they put on with food. Which, let's talk about the food for a second. You're not supposed to eat it. You're supposed to taste it and move on with your day. Yes. So that's also kind don't, of strange. Don't call it eating. Like the second course was, it was like a... It was like a bunch of things to put bread in, without the bread. Without bread, <laughs> and he gave him like a little, like a little fork, a spoon thing, that a spork that you dip it in, just taste it with your tongue, and you know, get it on the palate. It's just, 
It's very strange to me, but you know, I don't do I high-end love the conversation like with the one guy and the 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 hostess lady. She's like, Can I get some bread? She's like, No. She's like, Do you know who I am? Yes. No. <laughs> well, Just can I get so some bread? No. no. You still may not have bread. Yeah. She was very hateable, but I mean, that's the she's that that's you're supposed to hate hate that that lead mm-hmm. hostess. You're definitely supposed to hate her with a with a passion, and it's Anya Taylor Joy really does stand out in, the, in this one because she's of course the only one that's not an idiot. She's not supposed too. to be there. Well, that's the thing is everyone's there for a specific reason, and she's not. So mm-hmm. the her date, the Nicholas Holt character, broke up with Tyler. someone. And he won't, you can't do a single seating at this place. So you have to have someone with you. So he had to, which I, I actually liked her response when he told her that. that. She just leapt across the table and punched him in the face. Punched him right in the face. Awesome. Awesome. So I do like that. Uh, you know, I do like this movie going into Knives Out because it's going to be the same type of thing. I do, you know, again, can get me primed again for the new Knives Out movie. That's beside the point, but. Getting back to, so the characters. Well, let's talk about the characters for one second. There's there's the the, the movie star, the food critic, the th- the three guys around the table that were kind of doing stuff they shouldn't have been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the wannabe chef. All kinds of interesting characters here. Whose story did you buy and whose story did you not buy? As far as like, as far as the script is concerned, written. Well, John Lee was almost character, the actor. I think his name is what George. In, in the movie or whatever. I feel bad. <laughs> the reason that he's there. I mean, even though he did lie to the one lady saying like he was like, he knew the chef and that's how he got into, you know, got into the restaurant or whatever. But so they go through what Grace is talking about is they go through this reasoning about why all these people are there and what's going to happen to him at the end of the night that they're going to be killed. And <laughs> So poor George, John Leguizamo's character, the actor, the reason he's there is because on Chef Slowick's um, one day off years ago, he went to see this awful movie that um, George was the star of and he hated it. So he decided that he ruined his day and that he brought him in to be part of this whole, you know, tasting and then murder. So, which I mean, look, Guys got strong opinions on movies, clearly. So I'm I'm down with that. Well, that's the thing is, they're not everyone isn't who they like. Everyone everyone claims to be something, but there's a caveat to what they claim to be. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the interesting point here is what I really enjoyed was this the, when the the tortillas came out. Yep, and there laser, was like a laser engraved tortillas with like pictures and bank account records and. All kinds of stuff on there. Exactly. And again, as we go further and further into the evening, the course is it becomes more clear to these people that Chef is going to kill them all. His plan yeah. is to kill all of them by the end. Again, there's no attempt to, you know, do something like put all the women in the middle of the circle, all the men back to back to one another, and just walk the fuck out of here fighting as you go. Like, it just doesn't. That's why these movies overall. They kind of fall flat to me. Same with Midsummer. Same with Hereditary. Is like once you realize that things are going the way they're going, you just that's it. You're gone. Out the door you go. And people somehow, I don't think the script ever convinces me that they couldn't have done it. Okay. 
I mean, am I wrong about that? Or I mean, am I they just did, being... the one guy did try to break down the window and nothing happened. And then the, the one guy said that he was leaving and he said he's going to get it handled. And then they chop one of his fingers off. Um, so, I mean, that that happened. Well, I mean, again, that's supposed to show you what happens if you try to, you know, resist or try to leave. And I get that. I, I really understand that. But it just, it didn't ring true to me personally. But well, I mean, and I, then when he took all the men outside and let them run, and if anybody escaped, they got to escape, and then they just bring them all back in. You know, they roughed them up there a little bit. So that was, I don't know. But again, it's it's. I think it's a lot of wasted screen time to show, to show them that they're they're not going to get away. They can't. Every effort is going to be just so. Just let it happen. But again, to me, you, you, you tell people they're going to die, they're going to fight. At least I would assume so. But heck, I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, maybe the dinner was good. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, as the movie plays out, you, you get kind of more into the <clears throat> the the pathos of what's going on here. And I again, I'm not sure the ending because the the point of the men, the menu. Let's there's there is the title here to consider. The menu is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. creating the menu is a chef as as he's trying to do as chef's trying to do is create this memorable thing that people will not forget however what ultimately plays out in the end how what was his plan to show the world anything uh that one i don't know i mean there was not the plan to let one person escape wasn't part of it well, just remember that wasn't really the plan. She earned her way out. So she did. She did. And I thought that was very interesting how she earned it and how I, I was kind of thinking like, did she somehow break the spell with the clap? No, she. I mean, when she went into his house to see his little stuff and the one picture when he was cooking the cheeseburgers with a big smile on his face and all that stuff, and you know, she she played a card and went off his memory and got it right. You when know, he was, he was a burger, a burger flipper at the when he was happy, when he loved cooking, man. Well, I thought that was interesting too how they how they were able to do that without really any kind of dialogue between the two characters. She just saw something and figured it out, mm-hmm. and I, I really kind of dug that in a way. And there's so much about this movie I liked, which mm-hmm. there's, there's not much I didn't like. I, I like the weird set, the weird gathering of characters. Yep, I'm uh, I'm, I'm I'm all for. The, the writing, excuse me, I'm having hiccups. Hmm. The writing and the dialogue for Chef and how he reacts to people. Um, I'm really, I mean, in a movie like this, you really only have the dialogue to hang on. After that, there's really nothing. It's the eccentricity of the dialogue of what is meant by every word the Chef is saying that I think Absolutely. is some of the more important things here. Mm-hmm. So, like, how many courses are there? They serve what six or seven courses? Seven, seven courses. Seven courses, and there's a weird kind of caveat with every single course. It's very yep, strange. You see what's in it and who made it, and you know, you get to see Jeff brains. <laughs> Poor Jeff, you know, who will never be as good as Chef. I mean, but. dessert. Dessert was a big deal. Whole the restaurant staff went into it. <laughs> Again, what was the plan here? I don't know, man. I will tell you though, not knowing his ultimate motive and everything besides the fact that he just was sick of everything. Um, I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was interesting. Like it's it's kind of I like dark comedy is an interesting way to put it, but I kind of think of it as like it's kind of like a suspense, right? Well, because you don't, really, you don't really know where it's going at any given time. And 
as it unfolds, you're just like, oh, okay, I get it, I get it. So I think that's pretty nifty. Again, that's what I mean. So much of this hinges on Fine's performance when it comes to you know him as the chef. So much of this movie, I mean, eighty percent of this movie is Fine's and Joy that just kind of go head to head and have those little kind of tiffs with each other back and forth. Because mm-hmm. the other people, I mean, as much as I like some of that supporting cast, I mean, they're 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 not written to have an impact like like those two, like the like the, the, the two headliners are. I mean, Leguizamo maybe. Or else, I mean, why else cast someone like Leguizamo in that part if you're not gonna? And he did have a much bigger part than the other, than the other like supporting. So there's also that. I, I mean, I also enjoy movies that find a way to shoot in one location creatively. I also enjoy those. This would have been a little tougher. There wouldn't have been, you know, phone booth is my go-to for one location films. But sure. I mean, this is several. I mean, you have you have a beach, you you have running in the woods, you have a restaurant, you have a yeah, ferry, but like ninety percent of, of the movie takes yeah, place sure. in, inside yeah. of that. It would have been pretty yeah. quick to shoot, mm-hmm. which I enjoy. So, what did you not like about this? Rob? Let me ask you that. Um, you know, I don't know if there's much that I didn't like about it. I, I really did enjoy this movie. I think it was just trippy enough for me to be like, "Oh man, that's fucked up." Um, like that sort of thing. You, you there is a thing though where you don't really find out, like like you mentioned about why why he's doing what he's doing. Um, I don't really understand the whole Jeff thing about blowing his brains out in the middle of the middle of the dining room or whatever, but Hey, you know, it's, it serves its purpose, I guess. So really establishes where things are going the rest of the afternoon. (laughs) Well, sure. But there's, I mean, that's, it's tough to, it's tough to do that. I mean, this movie isn't for everybody. And no, I, can, it won't be. I mean, in, in the in the viewing I was in, a couple about halfway de- about halfway through the film just got up and left. I don't I don't know why they left. I don't. They could have had an emergency. They could have you know maybe a babysitter texted or whatever the reason. They their phone went off and then two minutes later they got up and left. So okay. whatever whatever that reason I I don't know. But I can see people, you know, giving this movie about forty five minutes and be like, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm just gonna go. Mm, that's okay. I'm sure. out. I don't know why you donate half the movie's watch time to it and then not just finish it out. But hmm. if you're really not enjoying it, then you're not enjoying it. But sure, sure, sure. I mean, I walked out of Medea. <laughs> oh, you did, didn't you? We were both in the same viewing of that years ago. It was two, the last time I walked out of anything. That, that was that, that. That movie was bad. Yeah. So and awesome. it's just yeah, terrible, terrible. So let's talk about one character I want to talk about, Elsa. She's a chef's right hand woman for a second. Mm-hmm. How amazing is she? How hateable is she? Uh, yeah. So she <laughs> she's not not great. Um, she's the restaurant's major d, the right hand lady. So basically, leader of the front of the house in restaurant terms. So yeah, I mean, I like her. She's mean to dickheads, which is fine by me. Well, I mean, are they dickheads or are they just people that are scared and need to get out but can't? Yeah, that, that, that's like what I'm that. asking you. Is it, Did the movie do a good enough job by keeping some of the patrons pretty dislikable or just mix, missing that link between when they t- would have turned into just scared people? Which in the end, they all were very scared. But, you know, whatever happens, happens. So yeah, I like saying dickhead, so it's fine. Mm. All right, fair enough. Dickhead. Dick, dickhead it is. I loved her. I thought her character was really well written. It was really well um, performed. 
her lines were always fantastic and like this this really kind of talking down to you but also that she's superior to you kind of way it's just man i hate that person but she was mm. great she was absolutely wonder wonderful can we uh can we talk about tyler for just a minute yes please nicholas holt so yes i think tyler to me is the most hateable character in here well and he's, yes i mean he what is. what he does to get margo there and and then you know how he gets called out about being a foodie snob and he goes and tries to cook and all that stuff so I, I just thought that was a crazy ending to all that watching him try to put together like a a meal on the spot in front of in the professional kitchen in front of a uh a full staff i thought that was kind of nifty so well i mean that's and then what chef says to him what it ultimately what ultimately he does to himself is 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 yep. all the more interesting i think also mm-hmm. uh, i definitely a lot, dug a lot uh, plays into that well the whole character was i mean he's one of the linchpins here he's you know the movie kind of it keeps you guessing as to why he's so he obviously knows a little bit about what's going on there he doesn't mm-hmm. really know the full experience but he is pretty devastated when something happens and then he does something ultimate to himself, which is, is kind of strange in the grand scheme of things, given how much he knew going in. Yeah, the way the whole scenario plays out is a bit strange. But... It is, it is. So let's talk about this movie for one second as a writer's movie. Mm-hmm. About <clears throat> You have a lot of elements in play here. And if you're looking to be a writer, what you'd have out, of course, the Fines character and the, tor- the Joy, those two are the, are, the, are the heavy hitters here. Their dialogue matters, and it matters a great deal, especially in the bathroom. When she goes out to smoke, or she goes in the bathroom to smoke, and he just kind of walks in. That's an interesting scene, too, because, I mean, a lot of... the They pretty much size each other up, and they understand that each other are a heavyweight that needs to be dealt with. Okay. Kind of an alpha level person. And as a writer, I think that would be super interesting to deal with. Not that it doesn't happen all the time in film, it does, but in this scenario, which is kind of a unique scenario... It would be, I think, ultimately fun to play with the dialogue of those two characters, and, and I, I definitely think it was. Can you imagine these two just breaking up in laughter, delivering these lines, just having to reshoot something? Like how? That'll be hard, dude. That'd be so tough to keep, especially finds his like stone cold look the entire time. That'd be, that'd be tough. That would certainly sure. be not the easiest thing in the world, but no, it'd be tough. I definitely loved the the back and forth between those two. And the banter was always great. It, it really was. Uh, it was. I don't think there's a lot of wrong here in the script. I, I like kind of what the script kind of devilishly played with a lot of things here. And I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that, it kind of innovation in, in, in writing. So I, I, I really was a fan of this movie. So I, I guess there, weren't much I, there wasn't much I didn't like. Uh, maybe the length of the movie could have been a little different. Maybe cutting out a few minutes but also retooling it in a way that in a different way than letting them all try to escape and then not being able to, uh, then with the lights and the finger, I think those could have been tooled a little differently to make a more effective movie. I thought the part with the Coast Guard was, that got me. That really got me. Okay. Did you you see that coming? I I did not, but yeah, it it was a nifty little twist there. I was... I wasn't breathing for like 30 seconds. And then as soon as what happens, I was like, oh my good. I, I let out a very audible, like, oh, like, are you kidding me? Like that, they got me. Sons of bitches, they got me. But it's, it's certainly interesting how that one plays out. And it's, the thing about the menu, 
I find the most alarming is the small box office intake that's been brought in. I think a lot of people should be more... If you like movies, you'll like the menu. There's no doubt about that. I think so. It's just where you're going to be nitpicky. That's the key here, is where the nitpick comes in. But... Uh, I mean, I like this movie because I like interesting movies like this. So... Well, it's different. You know, it's not the same thing we get every, you know, most week to most that's week. That's true. But however, not a whole lot of people, this isn't a whole lot of stuff for people. You know, not everybody's going to be like, oh, I have to watch a, a dark comedy where people um, end up murdered at the end of a food tasting. You know, that's, <laughs> that's a hard sell for some folks. No, of course it is. Absolutely it is. 100%. But it's also not the, it's what I can't see is people leaving this movie and being like, dude, you got to watch the menu. I'll go again. I'll go again. It, the movie kind of, I don't want to say loses a lot of its mystique the second time, but I, it would be a less, I think it'd be a less entertaining movie the second time around. Okay. What well, do you I don't think? know. I might notice more the second time around. I will take another cool run at this probably to see what I think. Like theatrical or when it comes to streaming? Not theatrical. No, well, that's not really my style. You did you the theatricals did, twice unless I absolutely have to? Did you take uh, your wife, or was it just you in this one? Just me on this one, and there was all of me in the movie theater. By That's the way. it. Where, just you, me. A, AMC or the marquee? AMC at eleven ten a.m. yesterday. Oh, nice. That's interesting. I I saw the one right after you. It was one forty five. So it would have been you. Mm-hmm. I, well, I wanted to go to eleven ten, but just couldn't make that work. But it was nice having eleven o'clock showtime. By the way, I do appreciate that again. Well, I think that was only for this week. I was looking at. I saw someone, a lot of people were saying something about that on Reddit, about how, but I think it's only for this week. I would like it to be a permanent thing, but I, I don't think it's going to be a permanent thing. Yeah, it'd be nice. I, I do like earlier movies. I like it on my days off to go in and get it out, out of the way early. But I agree with that. Indeed, indeed, sir. So I think we can move into the scoring portion of this one. Sure. If that's all right with you. You want to go first or you want me to go first? You can, you can go first. Okay, so uh, I think this movie's like a seven. Uh, I think it's pretty good. It works out pretty well. It hits hits the notes of being interesting, um, if not a bit elusive, I think is a good word, because you really don't always know what's going on, but not in like a bad way where, you know, we talked about like in Enola Holmes, which I know is a weird meta, weird thing, but I'll get back to it in a second. Um, and in Enola Holmes, we have a whole lot of, you don't, you don't get to figure stuff out. They just spell it out for you. In this movie, they want you to figure it out. And because they want you to figure it out, you have to take the time and learn about things and pay attention to what they're doing and things like that. And I, I appreciate that. Um, I think this movie has at least two very strong characters in there and finds an Anna Taylor Joy. Um, I think they work excellently with each other. Uh, I love the whole knock and the whole food critic world about how the all the one lady is talking in like food metaphors and shit like that. I think that's funny. Um, I like this movie a lot, though. I think it's a solid seven. I'm gonna go a little bit above you, seven point five. Ooh, I, I really, I really dug it. I was on the edge of my seat for several moments of this. Uh, for two or three scenes or two or three sequences, I was holding my breath for almost a minute, especially with the Coast Guard. Um, with in the end with the cheeseburger i was absolutely holding my breath like what the hell is going to happen the movie does a good job in like really making you guess like keeping the ending kind of not really the ending but keeping the outcome of some certain sequences kind of a secret because you really don't know how they're going to come out i mean anything could literally happen 
and it does a lot of the time. But I agree with a lot of what you said about the the dialogue between the Ralph Fiennes and on Taylor Joy is fantastic. It's wonderful lines delivered by absolute top notch performers. Uh, no one slighted here. The supporting cast is great. A lot of what's going on in the, in the scenes, a lot of what they're saying about the food industry too. And I, th- I think it's more or less, there's a lot of comments here about the decadent life of the one percenters. Mm. Like, I mean, and the, the movie is definitely saying something about, about the frivolous spending of money and those people who are spending the money. I also think there's a little, I don't want to get too far. I definitely don't want to get too far into this card of conversation, but I definitely think there's a, a left versus right argument comparison here, which I don't want to get into, but I think if you want looking at this movie to extrapolate, it's definitely there to extrapolate. So, I mean, there's also that if you're into politics and you could link, make the link politically to what this movie is saying, I think that's an interesting take also. Um, it's not a heavy hand on one side, but the, but the subtle hints are there. And if you pick it up, it's, it's kind of interesting to walk out of there with a conversation piece with somebody. But I think 7.5 is where this sits. I like movies like this. Cleverly written movies with not a lot of action, but there's a lot going on otherwise. I, I really kind of dug this movie. I, 7.5 is, I think, where it sits. Okay. Chris, you're Sounds still with good. us over there. Yeah, I'm here. What's up? Have, you, have we convinced you to watch the menu on you have so this, this seems like a movie that's in my wheelhouse like i, was I gonna say you like this movie a lot yeah yeah this I was is gonna this, say, this definitely has chris bond all over it yeah mm-hmm. this is something that i this is something that i would absolutely watch 100 yeah. percent. yeah that's an easy one even if only for the ralph fines character of he just i, th- I think you love him i think mm-hmm. your style creative creatively would right behind this guy every word he said you'd, you'd be hanging right there on there on every word he said yeah so. no, it, it, it seems like something i could definitely get into that's why when you said you didn't have time to watch it with with everything going on in your life right now, I was like, yeah. oh man, it's I know. Like aside from the conversation, like I know you would have liked it. I really yeah. know you would have liked this one. So I really do hope you catch it when it comes to stream, which I would imagine probably in the new year, January, February, it'll be on stream. Yeah, I'd give it less than six weeks. Probably, yeah. Okay. Definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen. This has been a shorter episode of For the Love of Cinema. This has been episode three hundred and six A. Each new episode posts every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter, at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. No, I'm Christopher Bond. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Always posting things on social media. Send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week... We're taking a look at Strange World and Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Oh, yeah. Which, oh yeah, baby. Which I've really heard some mixed things about. A- airing Mixed airing toward the negative, but we'll see. Interesting. I guess we'll see how this goes, huh? <laughs>